Ave Maria Purissima, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. It's the feast of Pope uh, St. Damasus, a fourth century Pope, Spaniard, took, uh, took over the Holy See. The, you still have Arianism raging. You had the Council, uh, Nicene Council in uh, 325 to deal with Arianism, but you still have that raging, and at the same time then there was overreaction, because a lot of times people overreact from one heresy and you produce another. So there, at least one character named, named Apollinaris, he was a bishop in Laodicea, uh, decided that, that uh, he had to address the issue, and so he came up with another heresy. The Arians uh, denied, they, they, they played word games because that's what heretics always do, and they use the same words we do, but they don't always mean the same thing we do. So it's really confusing, and it can confuse people. That's part of the object of the whole exercise, and the devil's behind it. But uh, So with the Arians, they could say the Apostles' Creed, because they could say that Jesus was the, the, the Son of God, but they didn't mean he was son, the God the Son. And Apollinarius, overreacting to this, comes up with this thing. Instead of the true Orthodox belief, which is expressed in the Nicene Creed, and the Apostles' Creed, but you have to understand the way we do, that there's a union in two natures. It's called, it's, there's a $3 word called the hypostatic union. And that means a union in the person with the two natures are unified in the person. But the hypostatic union is our Lord. There's one person. He's a divine person, the second person, the most blessed, blessed eternity, God the Son. So he has, a, he has a divine personality, but the divine nature and the human nature, that's where there, if you want to call it this, is a ridiculous word, but the point of union is in the personality. So everything that he does is done by a divine person, whether it's holding the whole universe in, in existence in his divine nature and knowing all things in his divine nature, or being born and walking around in his human nature, the person doing it is a divine person. Well, Paul and Arius didn't get that part right. So he basically made our Lord into some kind of, of horrible, you know, it's horrible because he makes him almost like claymation, because here you have this human body, but instead of a human soul, you have the divinity in there. For, in, so he doesn't have a soul, he has God working in him. So he's one thing like that. And one of the points of the, whole, the sacred heart is this is a, a love, a man's love, but that man is God that loves us. And so he has this human love. Yeah, he's God, but he has it in that sense. In, in so far as he has a human nature, he can love as a man. He suffers as a man and so forth. But if you take away his human soul, all that's gone. And uh, so this, this was wrong. Anyway, they had to have another council, which it was the second council in the church. It's called the Council of Constantinople, which dealt with these kind of things. And that our creed that we actually say, we call it the Nicene Creed, but it's really the Nicene-Constantinople Creed to make sure that you can get everything right about our Lord. There were a whole series of Christological heresies that was where the point of attack from the devil was on the church in the early years, is trying to make sure people got it wrong. And so Pope Damasus uh, approved the, the, the acts of the Council of Constantinople. He also had St. Jerome do a new translation of the scriptures, and it's called the Vulgate. It's in, and that's exactly what we're reading from, is St. Jerome's trans, translation we read up there. So he had St. Jerome do that. And another thing that that certainly all of us that say divine office, at the end of every psalm of the divine office, you say the Gloria, uh, and, and that's from Pope St. Damasus as well. He died in the 380s. Anyway, that's just a little bit on Pope St. Damasus. I want to make one remark, because it struck me 
or two remarks actually, a couple of the readings, and, and we'll, we'll end at that. But St. Peter, he's writing, he's writing to the bishops here when he talks about the ancients, he's talking about the bishops here, because he, he's also one. But he talks about them to feed the flock of God, taking care of it willingly, not for money, and not lording it over the clergy, being made a pattern of the flock from their heart. And that's one thing we should pray for, that our bishops really do start acting like this. Because by and large, it's not a secret, it's not even the slightest bit scandalous to point out, this is not the case right now. That is not, I mean, we don't have a lot of bishops walk around that everybody says, wow, that's what it means to be a model Catholic. That's what it is. And this is one of the crises in the churches. We are the people, when the people are holier than the clergy, it's the disaster of disasters. Because then the sheep have no shepherds. And that is exactly where we're at right now. And the people aren't very holy. So this is the catastrophe we're in. So we could pray right there every day, pray hard for our clergy and especially the bishops. And lastly, a thought for everyone to think about. Our Lord is asking who do men say that he is? And they're going through this list of different things apostles are, but he says, but whom do you say that I am? And that's a question we should all ponder. What do we believe and how deeply do we believe it? And if we really believe that he is the Son of God, and we should if we want to be saved, then what consequences is that having? Each one of us should ask. What consequences is that having in my life, my thoughts, in my words, my deeds, and the things that I don't do? Ask yourself that question. Who do you say that he is?